fine tune your approach. So I'm always trying to figure out exactly what it is that works the best for me. Um, And, you know, sometimes that can change a little bit and uh, you know, what works for your best running friend or your, you know, running coach or whoever doesn't necessarily work for you. So I've been working a lot on figuring out what that looks like for me. You are listening to the No Gimmicks Just Sweat podcast with your host, Eric Logan. No Gimmicks Just Sweat is dedicated to hearing the journeys and unique stories behind an athlete's training and what drives them. Get inspired to own your life and make the impossible possible. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Also, please take a few seconds to rate the show and drop me a review. Now, let's get started with the show. Hello and welcome to this episode of No Game is Just Sweat. And today we welcome back runner and registered dietitian Jackie Kirshner to the show. Jackie, how are you doing? I'm really well today. Thanks, Eric. How are you? I am wonderful. Wonderful, beautiful day outside. Ah, uh, it's gorgeous here too. Hot, but oh, it's good. gorgeous. So you know that means summer's coming. It's definitely on the way. (laughs) And last week, I didn't think that was possible because one day I woke up and it was 31 degrees with a wind chill of like 26. I was like, but, but, but it's May. (laughs) (laughs) And and Jackie is back today. If you missed her the first time, she was on episode 37 and she's come back today to kind of share her experience with the 2022 Boston Marathon. Yes, I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah. So you have qualified four times for Boston and you've ran it, what, three times? I think two physically and one virtually. That's correct. All right. So let's kind of go into, well, let's kind of talk about the first time you ran Boston, you know, just to kind of think about it, you know, you know, was that your first marathon or had you had a couple of marathons under your belt before you got to it? I think boss. So the first time I ran Boston in person was 2019. And I think that was number like, I think number six for me, five or six. I'm going to go six. Um, So I had run marathons and I had qualified for it at uh, grandma's marathon in 2018. So, and I had, when I crossed the finish line of grandma's, I knew I had a really good buffer to get into Boston. And I was really excited because it was a huge PR for me. So I was like, I'm going to go, I'm going to Boston. This is (laughs) awesome. (laughs) Yeah. So um, it was many months of looking forward to it since grandma's is always in June and Boston is in April. So I had whatever that is, like almost 10 months to prepare. Okay. And when you ran it, do you feel that you were prepared or did when once you finished, you kind of say like, oh, I wasn't ready for it? Mm-hmm. So that year I... I do think that I was prepared. So I'd come off of a couple of marathon training blocks. And so my training, I think, was pretty solid. But I will say 
that training for it was really difficult that year. Um, So I live in Northern Illinois and that year it was super icy here. Like there was a couple of inches of ice on a lot of the outdoor um, like bike paths or running paths, which made running outside really treacherous. And then of course no one was like shoveling their sidewalks. And so just being, (laughs) being able to train outdoors was difficult. And of course, you know, when you're training in January, February, March, the weather can be quite a bit different than, um, well, (laughs) than, than it is in springtime. And in Boston, it can be kind of anything like you don't, you don't know what it's, what to expect. So, uh, I would say for the weather, I was not, I was not prepared for the conditions just given the training conditions I, that, that I had to deal with throughout the, the training cycle. Okay. So you, even though you weren't prepared for that first one, you still wanted to do it again and you qualified again <laughs> for it. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of wanted uh, a little bit of redemption. <laughs> I wanted, oh. it didn't go quite as well as I wanted. It really <laughs> didn't go badly when I think about it, but I wanted to go back and, well, I had fun anyway, but I also wanted a little bit of redemption. Of course, you you know, even when you when you know you could have done better, even you know you you have like, hmm, I can do better. Is yeah. that is that whole thing like, yeah, I can shave a little bit of time off. I can do better. Yes, yeah, I I kind of had that. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I mean, I think that's like a marathoner or like an athlete like us. You know, there's always another race like, ooh, if this would have been a little different or if I would have done that differently, I wonder what would happen then. And I can I can do better next time. It's just it's very addictive. Yes. Yes, it is highly addictive. (laughs) Highly addictive. So so let's go from running that first Boston Marathon to running the one this year. So okay. what what changes did you make from running that first one to preparing for running this one? Uh, that's a great question. So going into 2019, I was actually like physically very healthy. Whereas going into this year, I had dealt with um, a hip strain last summer and fall that took me away from running for, uh, I don't know, like several weeks. So in my approach to training for this year, I really just wanted to be able to finish and finish strong and not feel like my leg was going to fall off or my hip (laughs) was going to fall off. So I was pretty conservative in my training. I didn't do... I built up my endurance, but I really didn't work on speed so much. Didn't do a ton of track workouts or tempo workouts. Um, So the goal was finished, but really actually the goal was just have as much fun as possible. Um, So that was kind of my approach through the training was like, 
be able to finish the distance and enjoy it. So I kind of feel like I had to mentally prepare myself for that as well, because, you know, we tend to get competitive with ourselves (laughs) and just, I didn't want to cross the finish line having had a ton of fun and then beat myself up for being like, oh, well, you know, this wasn't your fastest or, you know, you've done better before. So that was, it was physical, but it was also mental being like, nope, you're going to go. You're going to have fun. You're going to enjoy the heck out of it. And that's that. <laughs> <laughs> the end. <laughs> well, that's the way you should approach it. You know, at the end yeah. day, you could be very competitive, but you should have fun. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Because I don't know about you, but I know me, I don't get a paycheck from racing. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't either. If if anything, like I might get an extra little medal from a teeny little 5K or something like that. But no, there's no paychecks coming my right. way. Right. So, you know, running a race is, you know, so the fun is. Yes. Yes. And okay. so, yeah. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> so I, I, I guess. That was, that was the, yeah, that was the paycheck. That was going to be the paycheck. And it was a ton of fun. Spoiler alert, it was fun. (laughs) All right. So did you, you know, given that you're a registered dietitian, um, did you make any dietary changes from that first Boston to this Boston? I did, actually. The way I fueled and hydrated was quite a bit different now, I feel like every long run or training cycle is an opportunity to practice what you're going to do on race day and yes. to fine tune your approach. So I'm always trying to figure out exactly what it is that works the best for me. Right. Um, and, you know, sometimes that can change a little bit. And, you know, what works for your best running friend or your you know, running coach or whoever doesn't necessarily work for you. So I've been working a lot on figuring out what that looks like for me. And in 2019, I know I didn't drink enough water or get enough electrolytes in. So I think I actually ended up pretty dehydrated. So with this go round, I was much more intentional about getting enough fluids and electrolytes in. And I, on purpose, like went out and I got Gatorade Endurance because that's what they were going to have on course. And I practiced drinking that throughout my training because, you know, you're not at, at a major races like Boston, you're not allowed to have a vest or anything big or bulky. And I knew a little handheld wasn't going to carry me through the whole race. So, um, so yeah, I practiced with Gatorade Endurance because that's what was going to be available on course. And um, to at least as for part of my fluids and electrolytes anyway, I did other stuff with, I also took gels along the way, but um, yeah, I was just much more intentional about making sure I got enough and met my needs um, and I did definitely feel much better throughout the whole race this time than I did last time. Okay. And that's, that, that's interesting that you say that because, you know, generally at a race, you know, you might not know exactly what 
they're going to have on the course. Mm-hmm. And, you know, knowing that, okay, they're going to have um, Gatorade there, that gives you the opportunity to kind of practice and, you know, kind of see how your system works with it. You know, most races, you're like, okay, they might have this, they might have that. You know, it depends on who's sponsor or who gives them the best deal. But mm-hmm. that sounds like that sounds like a great plan. So that's that's something you don't hear much of. Yeah, I think anytime if you know what's gonna be on course, um practice with that unless you plan on carrying your own. But also know that a lot of major races won't let you do that so either you're going to need to have people um in the crowd that are willing to switch out handheld bottles for you or you're going to have to come up with some sort of alternative but um you know boston while it's a super fun course it's not the most spectator friendly like it's not easy for people to go from point to point to point um so I knew that like switching out handheld bottles with people in the crowd wasn't going to be an option. So I looked it up. All right. Gatorade endurance. It is. That's what I'm practicing with. And that's what I'm going to use on race day. Okay. And how many weeks did you prepare for running this one? Oh, probably somewhere between 16 and 20 kind of feel like once you get into a groove of running and training for things it's just kind of almost continuous you kind of go from one block to another to another um so I would say I was like getting back into running late last year and then come January I was like okay now it's time to really build up the endurance and get that get that up to speeds to be able to finish 26.2 miles without you know wanting to die or cry (laughs) (laughs) all right so so let's give your recap of the race and just kind of break it down between the first you know 13 mile 0.1 mile um and then to the second part okay so you let's kind of go into you know you get there you get to the starting line so how was that experience getting to the starting line because you know this year I think this if I'm correct this year was like the first time they've had a big full race since the whole pandemic and everything yeah it was the first time they held it more or less normally with like regular like wave start times instead of last fall it was staggered Yes. Um, just kind of get off the bus and go from what I understand. So this was the first in-person regular start since 2019 on Patriots Day. So it's kind of a big deal for the people of Boston and spectators and people that were running as well, because it had been, you know, like three years since it had been held, quote unquote, normally. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, um My husband actually qualified for Boston as well. So we ended up going down to the uh, commons area where you catch the buses together. And he caught an earlier bus than me. And I got to meet up with a friend. Um, Her name is Kelly. Shout out to Kelly. She, I met her through Instagram. And so we ended up riding the bus together out to the start. 
Um, and then when I got to the start, then I met up with some other friends that I had met through Instagram um, and got to hang out in the athletes village with them before going to the start line. Um, so that was really cool. Just different this year, being able to really meet people that are part of the community that you've known and you've met, but you don't, you've never actually met. So I would say that was a super fun part of, of this year. I haven't even gotten to the first half, but there you go. That's a little preview (laughs) of like, just even getting to the start line. Oh, and the weather was great like that morning. So it felt, I don't know, it just, the, the energy in the, of the, of the athletes, um, and the weather, it was just, it was a positive experience just even getting to that point. Well, that's a sign of something that, you know, if you get out there, the weather's great, you, you're kind of socializing with people, it's kind of helping you to relax and, you know, get ready to get to the starting line. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It helps get you in the, the right headspace. Yes, definitely. All right, so you're at the starting line, the race starts. How mm-hmm. did that first half go for you? Uh, it went really well. So it was pretty conservative, actually. Um, I didn't, again, so I didn't intend to full out race Boston. I, like I said, I, the number one goal was to have fun. Um, and then I really wanted to just race smart. I knew I didn't want to, you know, phone it in or, you know, just, I, w- I wanted to work hard, but I didn't want to full out race. So I ended up running the first half with two other people, again, Instagram friends. One of them uh, is a fellow dietitian in Oklahoma. Her name is Lisa and then her friend Lauren. So we all ran the first half together. Um, and that was really fun. I, I've never really run a race like that with a, with a crowd, so to speak. Okay. Um, with you I mean usually on race day it's like it's you against yourself and you're kind of in your own world so it was fun to be able to just kind of like chat a little bit take it all in we we were working hard but we weren't full out racing any of us so it was it was nice to be able to like I would point out something or they would point out something or we saw some people on the course um like Tommy Rives was there. And so one of the girls fangirled there a little bit. So it was just, um, it was kind of cool to just experience it in a little bit different way than how I've experienced a marathon before. Cause it was more fun versus serious. Okay. Was, was there any part of that first half that was challenging to you or were, you know, or was having people that you ran with made you kind of like, Oh, that was supposed to be the challenge. That was easy. <laughs> um, I think one of the challenging things was the it was crowded. Like it was just busy. It right. just there wasn't a lot of space. Which I mean, it's a major marathon. There's a lot of people running it. So, um, I think I kind of forgot how con- congested in a way some of these things can be. Right. Um. So that was a little bit challenging um I'm really really bad at 
drinking out of race cups like every time (laughs) I choke like I have to really slow down or walk so there were multiple times where I was like you you ladies just go ahead let me walk through this station otherwise it's either gonna end up in my lungs or on my clothes (laughs) and not where I need it to be So I need to practice using race day cups. <laughs> well, I, I, I think everybody, if you are a runner, I think we, you can say that we all have had that almost choking. Yeah. Getting water all over you or spilling it or water going down the side, or going up your nose. Mm-hmm. We've had that experience with race <laughs> Yeah, I am glad I'm not alone. It is a skill that people practice, and it was a takeaway. I was like, okay, I've got to practice doing this. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Kind of a silly challenge, but no, that was a legit challenge for me. I was like, the first time it did go down the wrong pipe, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to spend the next couple of minutes coughing, and then I'm going to keep on going on my merry way. Oh yeah, believe me, I, I've had a, uh, a time where I like, okay, I'm gonna just throw it in my mouth and miss my mouth altogether. It went straight to my nose. <laughs> yep, it happens. So, I'm like, yeah, I can't do that anymore. Nope. <laughs> All right, you've completed the first half. How are yep. you feeling physically? Physically, I was feeling pretty strong. Okay. Um, I. You know, there's a little bit of tiredness there, but just because it's 13 miles in. But by this point, I'd gotten into a little bit more of a physical groove, a little bit more of a mental groove. I was enjoying it. I was having fun. Um, And I think actually there was a point, I think somewhere around before the halfway point where I had some hot spots on my feet and I was real worried that they were going to get worse and worse um but they did yeah like it just kind of felt like like I don't know like maybe there was some rubbing on like the ball of my foot or or something like that so it just it felt really hot so I was trying not to focus on that because I knew if I did then that would be all I could think about and then that would be distracting and would bring the fun notch down quite a bit. Um, But luckily it didn't, it didn't really get worse. And I kind of was able to focus on other things and, and still have fun. But I think that would probably have been the most physical discomfort was just, I had a little bit of worries that my feet weren't gonna, (laughs) were gonna yell at me or scream at me the whole race. Okay. All right, so now you're starting the second half of the race. Mm-hmm. This is kind of when, you know, most people say they kind of start feeling it then. This is when middle, you know, the mental, you know, challenges come into play. So how was that for you? Well, I think this is where it helped to have other people there. So around the halfway point, uh, my friend Lisa dropped back so her or so it was just me and another gal Lauren and um but we worked together through the rest of the race which was amazing so that you know 
keeps up your spirits and kind of keeps your mind off of, um, you know, some of the like aches and pains or even just the daunting idea that, oh, I'm at mile 16, but there's still 10 miles to go. Um, So the crowd support was amazing. I mean, it just, the towns were great, but it just kept like, it felt like it kept getting better and better. And I think it really helped that um, the weather was really good and it had been so long since people had been out on Patriots Day to cheer. So that helped quite a bit with the, um, you know, the mental side of things. And then physically, like I was hydrating well, I was fueling well, I never even got close to the point where I felt like I was going to hit the wall. I never um, got to this point where I thought that I was going to be unable to take in any more fluids or fuel. Um, sometimes when you're you know, working really, really hard or you get to a certain level, it's just, it's really hard to get that stuff down. So, which of course makes the rest of the race that much harder because then you're running low. Um, so I never got to that point. So, um, I was really, really happy and proud that I had, you know, (laughs) that I had, that I had done that and it felt really good. Like I just felt, I felt strong, um, a negative split the race. So, and that's even with some like stops for photos <laughs> in the last three miles, I think. Um, so okay. yeah, it felt, I felt good. Okay. So did, did you feel satisfied with your performance and your finishing time and everything with this race? I did. I, I mean, it definitely was nowhere close to my PR or even my top couple of races but at the end of the day like I feel really good about it because I felt good at the end I had fun I smiled um I enjoyed the crowd and the company of the people that I was with you know I felt I feel like I ran really really smart given that you know I was able to negative split it even though those Newton Hills come in the second half of the race and you know to just finish and not be like oh I want to like cut my legs off or oh my god I I want to barf or oh my gosh you know like I can barely get myself over the finish line just none of that happened like I fueled well I hydrated well I had fun I smiled I you know um so if I looked at just the time, I think I would be really disappointed. But there were so many positive things that came out of that race that had nothing to do with the time on the clock. Right, exactly. And sometimes you just have to do that. You're like, you know what? It's more about the experience and how I felt after the experience than what's on my watch. Right. Yeah, I mean, so many things can go wrong or awry in a race that, and so many of them are outside of our control, you know, things like weather or, you know, whatever it is, um, to just pin everything on your watch, the time, it just, you're setting yourself up to feel 
really bad. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. And again, we don't get a paycheck for this. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> We're just normal people who pay a lot of money to do it, actually. Right. Exactly. You know, we don't get paid to do this. <laughs> like Definitely I said, not. Fun <sighs> is our payment. Fun and experience. That's what we get paid. Yep. All right. So here's the important question. What was your first meal after? Uh, when I, well, I'm going to tell you snack first. I think <laughs> okay. by the time I, I got like the food bag at the finish and then I went to go find family. Um, I was like, all right, I need to eat something. And it was just like salt. I needed salt. Um, so it was like the potato chips. I was just like, I don't think I could put the potato chips in my mouth fast enough. <laughs> it was just like, I need salt. And this is, even though I was much more intentional about getting the electrolytes in this time, I right. still like really needed those, that uh, salty snack. So I had potato chips and then some other snacks. And when I got back to the Airbnb, it was like all the pretzels in my mouth it was just like I had to, <laughs> just could not get enough bland salty food that was crunchy it was amazing um but meal meal okay what did I have um I went with the Boston theme we went to legal seafoods and I had uh clam chowder and a crab cake and okay. then I had the the most delicious bowl of ice cream. Like, it was glorious. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to... I'll talk way more about the ice cream. Just, and there's nothing wrong with the, the meal. It was good. Um, I'm not from that part of the country, so I didn't grow up with things like crab cakes and clam chowder. And it was, it was good, but most of the time, what I go for is, after a big race, is something like, like a burger and fries even though I don't eat a lot of meat but it's just like something really hearty like that um, yeah see that's what I was trying to hear I was like okay she had to go for a burger or pizza or something <laughs> no but I went full New England and I had clam chowder and <laughs> I no regrets but if I I would I would keep that meal for a different day just for me personally because it's not something I ever crave right um, but that ice cream was delicious. So, <laughs> what, what 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 type? What flavor? Oh, so it's from JP Licks, which I believe is a Boston favorite. And I think that I had a like a salted caramel something or other, which is I love salted caramel flavored stuff. So okay, mm -hmm. okay. All right. So would you run Boston again? Yeah, definitely. It's a fun race. Um, it's fun for multiple reasons. I mean, there is the, you know, it's old and historic. Um, it's got great crowd support. It's, you know, got a lot of people that come from all over the world, which is exciting. Um, you get to meet a lot of people that, you know, you know, but don't really know. Again, like if you've met them through social media, because I think the run community and social media is so wonderful. Right. Um, 
it's just, you know, very supportive and awesome. So to bring that to real life is really exciting. But then there's also stuff like the, um, all the events that happen because it is a major marathon. Like there, you can see all kinds of pro pro runners or professional athletes. Um, you can go to talks, you can go to shakeout events. Um, just the whole, it's a whole experience that whole weekend, which just makes it really fun and exciting. Okay. And is there anything that you would change, you know, as far as preparing or anything that you did, you, that you look back now and kind of go, yeah, I could have did this better. Um, maybe I think with my training, like I was very conservative with it. And looking back, I probably could have been a bit more aggressive with maybe some speed training, um, just to get a little bit more speed in my legs, but I don't want to focus on it because then I don't want to be look back with regret. Um, I do think that it was the weekend of, I was real busy on Saturday and as much fun as all of the events were, I probably would have like toned it down even a smidge, a smidge more just because it kind of felt like it was event to event to event. Um, and I got up early to go to some of them and, um, and that was okay, but it was also a little tiring and I felt a little, I'm a, more of an introvert than an extrovert. So by the time the end of the day came around, I was like, all right, please leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm overstimulated. Yes, um, I can understand that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Any last things you want to kind of share about Boston or, you know, anything that, you know, any advice you can give to anyone who might want to prepare for Boston to eventually run it themselves? Um, yes. So train for Hills. They are, <laughs> they, I mean, they're there. Um, don't go out too fast or, Oh, it's so easy to start fast on that course because you start straight downhill, and um, if you go out too fast, you're gonna you're gonna really be hurting by the end. If you're training for it, or if you want to train for it, well, if you want to train for it, just keep going after it. Keep trying. Like, just keep trying. Here's me cheerleading for you. I want you to try it and go for it. And even if you come up short, I still think you're amazing for going for it. Um, but train on hills, practice with what's on course, make sure you fuel and hydrate correctly. <laughs> That's my little dietitian plug. It does, it really does make a difference though. I mean, um, no way would have felt as strong at the end if I hadn't done that well. So um and then just enjoy the process at the end of the day your family your friends they're gonna love you whether you finish in two hours and 45 minutes or five hours and 45 minutes or if you know you come up short like the the time is not the end-all be-all just enjoy the process and have fun yes that is so true Again, Jackie, it's been a pleasure talking with you again. You know, yes. thanks for coming back and sharing your experience. Of course. Yes. It's, 
Go ahead. I'm glad you, you had me back because it's, it's fun conversations with you. Yes, always. And everyone, go check out episode 37 if you haven't already um, to learn more about Jackie. Um, and again, thank you. I really appreciate you coming back. Well, thanks for having me, Eric. This was good fun. I'm happy anytime. All right, cool. All right, have a good one. You too. All right, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the No Gimmicks Just Sweat podcast. We really appreciate everyone who tunes in each week. If you enjoyed today's show, please support us by subscribing, rating, and reviewing this show wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember to tell your friends about the No Gimmicks Just Sweat podcast so we can continue to have awesome conversations with everyday athletes just like you. Until next time, have an amazing week.